we started. Oh, geez. Well, welcome, everybody, to the uh, Just Three Gents review uh, here on the BC WrestlePod channel. Right? That's where we are. We're on this one. I've been doing live streams with you all. I don't know how this goes anymore. Mm-hmm. JVL is here with the Professor John, with Mikey as well. We have all watched AEW Dynamite for this week, the first AEW Dynamite of 2024. And we have some thoughts. We have some opinions. And we have some things that Mikey's going to tell us as well. So we're going to start this off pretty quickly, uh, just as it was. But before we get into the, our uh, thing here, a reminder that we do have a YouTube channel. We do have bunch of social media we have a bunch of places that we'd love to interact with and we do live streams now in patreon so you should get on there patreon and sign up there to see our watch along from world's uh world's end uh you should probably get on youtube when we're doing live streams check out our socials for when we're doing them as well and subscribe to the channel get that alert banner going and make sure you're commenting on our videos so that we can engage with you and you know we're making new stuff like we're doing right now so we're going to move into our AEW review by talking about last year, because that's where the promo that we got at the beginning of the night came from. It was sure. from 2023. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe talking about being a man who doesn't do predictions. He does promises, and he follows through on his promises to become AEW champion. Kind of a good little recap uh, that we had there, but for those of us that watched the event, was this needed to kind of get people up to speed if they hadn't seen the event? I understand why it was there, because you want to get the casuals who probably didn't see it or weren't able to check it out, sure. By then, you probably know Samojo won, fine. Uh, I didn't have a problem with this. I thought it was kind of funny that the camera was too close and you kept getting that breath of humid air on the thing. And I'm, and we talked about this in the past. I'm going to keep saying this. I'm not a fan of doing promos right after a match, which this... If this wasn't right after that match... This was just one big Batman impression because Samoa Joe was so stuck in asthma land. And then we'll get into this thing. And then we're gonna go, we gotta make promises. Where is she? Like, where's Rachel? Where's Rachel? Like, swear to me. Just so stuck. What was good about this promo, storytelling wise, is this kind of set up some stuff that we talk about later in the night, which was great. Did we need it as someone who's watching this every week? Not really. I know Samoa Joe's intense and is good on the mic. I mean, this promo served its purpose. This was for the people that didn't catch the pay-per-view or even the people who don't watch AEW on a weekly basis or, like or we Bleacher do. Or Bleacher Report crashed for them. It should not have been recorded like literally 15, 20 minutes after the match had ended. I was like, I'm pretty sure they filmed this before Samojo went to the scrum afterwards. Was the next promo we had, which was the entirety of now the Undisputed Kingdom would make their way to the ring as Adam Cole's uh, theme plays. And then we get the weird, slow remix of this thing, which there has been a, a conspiracy theory online that they did it not only specifically to have one for his group, but also because he's so slow on the crutches, he has to like take longer to get to the ring. <laughs> <through the boom. laughs> so they have to stretch it out, make it slower so you can get up this big boom thing. I love the, the light change. I love that it's coherent for the group itself, but they all come out there and Adam Cole doesn't go into story time. He cuts a promo, bringing up the fact that he's really not the bad guy in all of this. He did everyone a favor. And now the undisputed kingdom are going to be taking over AEW. I think Undisputed is kind of weak. I think they could have picked a hundred different things to put in Kingdom, Devil's Kingdom, any kingdom, anything. It would have been cooler than just Undisputed. I think as long as this faction exists, someone should always be hurt. If it was going to be Roddy Strong with the neck brace and now it's going to be Adam Cole with the crutches, someone always has to be broken. And it's just cycling through who it is. 
Adam Adam Cole's a pro on the mic. He cuts this promo beautifully. So the music comes out at the top. It's Adam Cole's music. Everybody cheers. They forget what Adam Cole did just a few days ago. Yep. And the music changes, and then they realize, oh, I'm supposed to boo. What was really funny in this promo is he drops some of these truths, and the audience goes silent with agreement. Nobody liked MJF until I showed up. Silence. Yeah, you're kind of right. MJF would have done the same thing to me in a heartbeat. Silence. Yeah, we know. You're kind of right. So there's this sense of we've followed this for so long and Adam Cole spins it beautifully. I I, I like that he, he went full heel heel calling out the Jersey crowd by the end and, and, and really selling that what that needed to be. I kind of like heel Adam Cole. I've only, I've only ever heard of heel Adam Cole. So this is kind of fun he for does me better to get as to a heel than he does a baby place. I've completely. heard this and just his articulation in way that he's able to work the mic and and spin that I rhetoric similar to Christian. I think this is going to be fun. Well, Mikey, they did set up some storylines down the road in this promo, didn't they? They did. There's only one person that stuck out like a sore throat. Heel Adam Cole is always my favorite version of Adam Cole because I think some of his best promo work is when he is a heel. And I love the sense of delusion <laughs> that he has. I mean, there is truth <laughs> there, but I'm like, you're still at the basic fundamentalisms of it all, Adam Cole. You were a piece of turd. You gaslit Max the whole entire time into being his best friend. And then you ripped everything away from him like a nasty breakup or a divorce, if you will. I think that's the best kind of like semi quasi revenge story sure. is when you it's not enough just to take things away from it. If you want to really feel sympathy for a character in any piece of medium, you need to see everything devil, taken perhaps. away from them, but you also need to break the light within their eyes. It's one thing to gaslight someone. It's one thing to be so narcissistic. I believe you. Now you're he manipulated a whole audience to going, hey, you're kind of right. That is MJF's fault. And, and Adam Cole, in my opinion, did it so well that he had to remind the audience, by the way, I am the bad guy, though. And then I had to kind of... Put the you should not have sympathy for the devil, basically. Yes, that's. Is. But if you, and that's a great acting trick, though. If you could create that hint of, wow, I kind of like this guy. Oh my god, what's that say for me? And then you watch them go on the, the terror. You, you mean right? like, like Swerve Strickland has the entirety of the last year into right now? Seriously, or, we'll know, talk about along Swerve, those lines. But the only thing that I didn't like about this is I love the setup of Star Alliance. Give me Orange Cassidy versus Roger Strong. That's gonna be great. The Kingdom clearing house with those ROH tag titles. Awesome. Whenever Adam Cole is, gets cleared, I'm excited for his in-ring return. There's only one person, and Adam Cole said it. I was just like, and Wardlow's going to go for the main title. And then, you know what? We talked about it. When he wins it, he's going to give it to me. I'm like, oh, so this he's gonna is going to do MJF. the right thing. He's going to do the right thing and give it to me. I'm like, oh, so you're setting up Wardlow for a second baby face turn. Isn't it interesting that no one's going for that TNT title? Like... <laughs> You would think if you want to have all the gold, someone's got to get it off Christian. But no, we're going to leave that alone. We're not going to touch that mess right there. We're going to just know, jump yeah, over. Exactly. And like, they're also like, we're not going to go after Eddie Kingston because he's like that crazy uncle <laughs> that right. will fight everybody. But then this is what I wanted since we got the introduction of the devil storyline to begin with, because who should come out, JVL? A Jay White. Mr. Jay White. Because, of course, this is continuity in wrestling. Jay White is upset that he's like, he's happy you took Max down. He's happy you broke him in half. Why did he have to be collateral damage? It, right. it, it, it talks to the storyline booking. It talks to what we were frustrated about with the booking of Jay White up until that point. And it talks about how this can be resolved because yes, bang, bang, gang are heels, 
but they don't like being used. And so mm-hmm. then we get a almost brawl or a small brawl between Bang Bang Gang and three of the thing as Wardlow shuffles hurt Adam Cole out. He then re-enters, uh, uh, brings the odds back up in favor of the United Kingdom or the Undisputed Kingdom, and then the acclaimed hit the ring, and they saved the Bang Bang Gang. Yep, because which was the acclaimed because were also they also attacked. Exactly. I, I was I was sitting there before I knew what happened later in the night. I was like, "Where's Hangman Page?" Because he was also attacked by the by the devils. He needs right. to be involved in this, but he wasn't for a good reason. What ended up happening was we have them come down, and then the standoff and the enemy of my enemy should be my friend, but is my enemy. The acclaimed and the Bang Bang Gang can't get along, or will they? In a storyline now, there's there a multi man match here where Daddy Ass has to have all of his children together with Jay White to take on the devils. I'm only, I'm here for that nonsense. <laughs> I love I love Billy Gunn having children and foster children in the ring. I think that's beautiful. The acclaimed looked jacked. I mean, always massive, beautiful, and present. But my goodness, coming out of the ring, it was like, oh, I forgot how big you were. And now they have an edge too, because they were kind of yeah. leaning more heel when they took on Top Flight and Action and Dreddy two weeks ago. I wanted to ask, did either of you notice? Doc Samson and his giant group of giant medics that were protecting Adam Cole saying Holy he's not ready crap. to go. These big ass men oh with God. big mustaches that probably are like the butcher and the blades, you know, but cousins like, who are doctors. Who I was are like, they? whoa. I was, I was like, I was curious yeah. about that because there's he's hurt. No, he's that's hurt. Doc Keep Samson. He, okay. He's the medic. He's the we actual like, on site in this household. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I was just like, doesn't if that's the case, doesn't protect anyone else who's hurt ever. Just lets them get destroyed, but Adam Cole. No, 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 not Adam Cole. No, of course not. Of course Jeez. not. You gotta keep the heels happy. <laughs> so we, we progress from this to another promo. Now, I, I had looked at the timing of this at this point. We were 20 minutes into Dynamite, and this yep. is the third promo in a row. Sorry, fourth promo in a row, because I separate the Jay White promo from the Undisputed yeah. Kingdom promo. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, this got Daniel Garcia across really well. I enjoyed everything about it with him and Daddy yeah. Magic and all that stuff. This was too many promos in a row. Like I, I was like, essentially, this is a wrestling show, right? We're supposed to see some wrestling. We didn't see it until the next section. And yeah, that, even that was saying something. That's rough. I, I count. I tried to clock this too. For me, it was something like 23, 24 minutes before the ding of the bell of the next match. Was like <laughs> nothing's happened in twenty four minutes. Which also added to all the picture-in-picture picture we had to deal with later oh in the night. Uh, uh, the freaking much. promos. For, for pro, promo fest four, so this wasn't quite promo fest five, but timing-wise, this you was never just, go promo fest five. You never go. <laughs> you never go promo to five. Uh, that joke writes itself. I think that there's there's something we gotta time this out and be like, why is there so? What are they trying to set up? It's just too much at the beginning of the year, I think. And again, they're just trying to streamline this stuff and get it out there. I get it, but isn't that what commentaries for though during matches? I gave up on AEW commentary unless it is Collision's crew. Kevin Patrick, Nigel McGuinness, and Tony Schiavone on Collision. I'm like, yes, there we go. I feel like they found the way to fix Taz, and we'll talk about what I think fixed Taz. Have him not talk. Oh no, that's my to get someone who will shut him down sitting at the same table. funnier and wittier. We then transition, and this is the weirdest thing in the world. We go to the next match, which is what was set up on World's End in the only big promo they had there. (laughs) Dante Martin basically getting his match with Orange Cassidy for the international title. 
but this was where things started to go weird during the broadcast because they went sideways. Dante Martin was it went sideways. Dante Martin was in the ring, had his music going, didn't really get an entrance, and I was like, okay, well they're gonna do obviously do Orange Cassidy. He's the uh, the champion. It's something. No, he's already there. There's no entrance for Orange Cassidy, your international champion, the guy that carried your company for the last year. But then we had Orange Cassidy remembers he has to run fast in order to take on the high flyer. That was so good. <laughs> and Dante Martin says, no, you can't roll away from me. I can go across the freaking ring. Yep. Dante Martin is amazing. Sorry, I'm mm. late to the party. Dude's incredible. The first, I don't know. Oh. <clears throat> Maybe 15, 20 moves of this thing were just so engaging and flying all over the place, jumping off the ropes. That's <laughs> the suplex battle they had, which was during my picture in picture, got ruined because it was picture in picture, but that looked incredible. Yes. One, bonus points to the Dusty Rhodes costume standing right next to the action. Mm-hmm. And these dudes are trying not to laugh or engage with this guy who looks perfect <laughs> right in the audience. Uh, this match was great. I, I really enjoyed it. I am never disappointed anytime we get an international championship match, if I'm being completely honest, because Orange Cassidy has the ability to work with anyone. And I do appreciate that we're pushing Dante Martin post coming back from injury. And even in defeat, him and Darius and Action look strong, even in defeat. I love that I'm, I'm a year and a half into this AEW stuff and, and Dynamite and a few other things, and I'm still learning about these folks because I was totally surprised. I'd heard of and I'd seen some tag things and like, oh, okay, this guy's great. This one-on-one was just beautiful to watch. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. And of course, I did love Orange Cassidy's like slow run up builds, which was funny. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to speed it up. Bam. But speaking yeah. of, you know, not being around with OG, Dynamite was oh, yeah. the thing. What? Or, or what they talk, what they talk about also in the later match when they say the dark era and the elevation era, which Mikey and I watched and loved. Uh, Mikey, <laughs> Mikey, can I get an oh yeah? Getting oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. We had private party Isaiah Cassidy and oh, Mark Quinn back from injury together again and on their own. Yes. I'm so happy they're back. I love shut, private party shut. shots. Just, I popped real hard. Oh my God, is that private party? Party? <laughs> so, so this is for the professor and probably for those of you that don't remember the pre kind of covid like Dark Elevation era. Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassie were a tag team when they came into AEW and they were pushed extremely hard to the point they almost won the tag titles in the first year. Then Mark Quinn had a very serious injury about almost a year ago, and Isaiah Cassidy was picked up by the Hardys to be their kind of young boy or whatever else it was, and he went along with them. Uh, okay. So he became part of the firm, part of all the other stuff, the Hardy like household, whatever it was, and so worked with them for so long. Hence why in their promo, when they're saying, we're back, we're putting the entire tag team thing on notice as the best friends and top flighter in the ring, but they're not attacking each other. They're all just kind of standing around yeah. enjoying this. They called out the Hardys because there's going to be a match between the Hardys I and Party Party at some point. I feel like this sounds more familiar to me now because I was not watching diligently during the dark times. But I've, I heard all these catchphrases. I've heard the music before. I've heard the names. I'm like, I know of you. I just haven't seen a lot of you. Not so a little rusty on the mic. Not so great on the mic this time. A little not so great with what I'm saying, how I'm saying what I'm doing. I'm not picking on them. I'm sure they're fabulous. I'm sure they're fantastic. The crowd's behind them 100%. But I was like, there's some miscues here. They're a little... Mark Quinn was also extremely excited to be back. You could tell he was just loving the crowd. And then when him talking, he was going to go nuts. 
I am excited. Mikey, are you happy to go to the private party now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I want is now that we have private party back and we have, you know, Isaiah Cassidy private party, I just need him to do the scream anytime he gets thrown up super high. It is the funniest thing on the planet. We Guess what? We get another promo right after this. It's another promo. But this Ooh, was my yes. promo of the night. Timeless Tony Storm is working Rene Paquette yeah. talking about being there. One, going to a seance for Stephen Sondheim. That was <laughs> so just true. the best line of the night. Stephen Sondheim. That was crazy. And, I just tried then, to recall that later and just butchered it. I'm like, well, oh, butchers man. Everything. Yeah. But then she admits to not watching the product, which I loved. <laughs> so I don't good. watch wrestling. It's so good. Why would I watch her? I don't watch wrestling. But, she'll, and then, she'll be fine. I wonder how much of this is them trying to break Renee. Like how, because she's so stone-faced and she's really good at holding it in. I wonder how often are they gunning for her just to see what she's going to do. And Tony Storm's pushing right up against it. It's got to be with her catchphrase in general. And that, like, that first time was meant to break Renee. So I'm assuming. Mikey, I know you love this too. You were so on board for this one. Setting up Mariah May, but not setting up Mariah May for this wonderful thing. Why are we in Jersey? I'm not going to be in Jersey. <laughs> Talk about another heel that you want to you want to cheer for. Tony can do no wrong in my eyes. I don't care what the comments say. Does ever does everyone remember like what she was working with before coming to AEW and you know the Outcast and now into the, her timeless character? She got pied by Charlotte Flair. That was the multiple of, times. That was the height of her main roster to call. This is my well, this is one of my favorite characters right now in wrestling. And I'm not tired of it. I was just going to say that I, I think there are more people who are positive and fans of what she's doing character-wise than there are negative folks. And, and we've talked about this at length, too. There's just this culture of marginalizing women's wrestling, no matter what it is. And I think now they're just coming for the character now that it's becoming a thing. Uh, and, and people are liking it. Oh, well, I have to find a reason not to like it. It's because some of the stuff that is said is just ridiculous by the way take a wild guess what was up after that promo another promo mikey you win a prize you win a prize now that being said good promo by swerve with nana with renee that renee was working her butt off this evening she was all over running what happened you guys lexi wasn't available (laughs) but swerve and nana are talking about the fact that swerve worked their his butt off and yes he's taking on daniel garcia tonight but it's worth it because they never got to fight each other and daniel garcia is where swerve was last year needing to find that championship gold it really set daniel garcia up as a viable contender it made me want to watch the main event and Mm -hmm. it was really really well done to set that part of it up i love swerve (laughs) swerve is always good on the mic and you know i i'm hoping to see this be swerves here at some point in 2024 i know it's outrageous to say because we're barely into the first week of 2024 and we do have a little bit of time before revolution so hopefully swerve continues to get momentum so we got done with that promo swerve's all set up guess what we got next it's you'll never guess we got a match Mike, you wrote down the entire thing. You're cheating off your card there. Yes, we finally got a match. I take notes too. What do you want me to do? <laughs> but did you take notes on Mariah May versus Queen Aminata? I have some qualms about this. I was very excited to see Mariah May and Queen... I'm, I'm going to say it wrong. Aminata? Right? 
Is we'll listen to what I... Taz and then we're trying to pronounce. They're white people. They don't know how to pronounce I think, things. I think that's what happened. I picked up on the white people speech and it just blew me out. I read some stuff about her and her work, so I was excited to see the two of them for sure. I think Nerves got the both of them because the first, I don't know, two minutes of the six minutes they got, they were not communicating super well and they kind of missed some spots and it was a little rough here and there. Uh, they did catch up in the second half of this and they kind of won me over again. I was like, oh, okay, there they are. They're with it. They're with it. Commentary was trying to help and they kind of weren't. They were just sort of in trying to cover, they were pointing out what wasn't working, which I thought was tough and a disservice. That being said, I'm excited to see more of both of them. I'm glad that Aminata is getting the push, absolutely, uh, because she's great. Again, and now we're stuck in the let's do a promo right after a match thing, and no one ever does it well. I think she just kind of came off tired and a little bit too cardboard for me, and and uh, that's a tough sell. So it, it sort of set the stage for what was happening next, sure, uh, because then you get Jersey's homegirl coming back and then kind of lighting her up, which was fine. This was the, my only hiccup of the night, other than the promos, was sort of like, ah, this could, mm, I wish, uh, uh, up to this point. The match itself, I was disappointed. And I was actually more disappointed on Mariah May's part of this match. I know she can do better. I've seen her matches in stardom, and this was not the same girl that I saw in Japan. When we got to this like midpoint of the match, I noticed that Queen took over a lot of the leading for Mariah. I was like, oh, I know this anywhere. And they mentioned to put it in her little infographic. She's been wrestling for six years. Her commentary did the horrible mistake that I hate when they do this. Mariah May has only been wrestling for one whole year. I'm like, you guys? Yes, maybe that is true, but you told us where she came from, which, you know, for us wrestling fans, we know stardom's not a joke. It, it seemed like the match built to Aminata's comeback. It yes, and the crowd got behind her May. so much when right. she started leading the right. whole match because she saved, she saved it. And I'm not blaming Mariah and all this, but I think this was the wrong opponent to put Mariah May. And so I was disappointed. Yeah. But as you said, that wasn't the most disappointing and then everything else and also really happy moment for you because we got to the promo and then you were all over this mic. I'm going to talk about the negatives that I had about this, but I want to say I knew this was coming for the last couple of weeks, but Diana Perazzo for me, the virtuosa. So we're going to treat her right because she got she got to keep that and bring it with her, which is yes. great. That's why I love TNA because they're not petty and they let the wrestlers, if they create something, they let them take it with them wherever they go. So the virtuosa, Diana Perazzo is in her hometown. She makes her debut tonight. If you have no idea who Mar uh, Diana Perazzo is, Diana Perazzo held down the knockouts division, which is their women's division during the pandemic era. Like the last five years that she was over there, she's had three knockout title reigns. She's had one knockouts tag team title reign and she and jordan grace literally had the feud of the century diana is this mission specialist but she also is very innovative when it comes to her style of wrestling i'm not even going to clock her on the nerves because she was hella nervous but i also kind of that's the way she also speaks with that high weird nervous inflection that's how she always speaks and I know it's different for her because you're going from 
maybe hundreds of people in the room to now being in a bigger arena. That slap she threw was. Diana can go. Like, don't mess with her. She can go. But I was like, that boot she threw was quite painful looking. There was a better way to lift her into this other than it's Jersey. Do it now. Like, they could have done this better for all three of them to make all three of them way more. And, And we're also feeling the fear that we're going to have a repeat of Ty Valkyrie if she goes after Tony quickly and loses and all of a sudden she's buried in the middle of nowhere because again, there's yep. no time for the women's matches so how do you build that yep. type of stuff? We went from this promo, which amazing uh, debut, we're glad that Deanna Prats was there, yep. to the king of promos in AEW as Christian Cage and the patriarchy make their way out. Mama Wayne gets on the mic, says for everyone to shut up. Christian Cage touts her as the matriarch of the patriarchy, which is hysterical. <laughs> just, yeah. And says he's going to basically will the TNT title to his pride and joy, Nick Wayne, and he needed to thank <laughs> one other person, the person that made this all happen, and the fact that he's had it for more than 200 days, even though Tony Schiavone almost pointed out, you did lose it and then had to get it again. <laughs> and he thanks himself. He doesn't thank Luchasaurus. He thanks himself and Luchasaurus in the background and the crowd got behind him and it was amazing. It's perfect. It was textbook. It was fun rhetoric wise to see kill Saurus, Lucha switch. Lucha switch. Like get this huge. Safety word is banana. (laughs) Banana. (laughs) Unzip says banana. Zips it again. It's massive and all angry and then the, the letdown, the physical letdown, but I'm going to sit here and take it thing. That was quite good. I very much enjoyed that. I love Christian Cage on the mic. Anytime he <laughs> opens his mouth and speaks, I'm just like, this is the version I wish we had him when he was in another company. Mm-hmm. I love Mama Wayne's addition to this. How dare you boo a mother? And I love the addition to this. The only way I'm going to be creeped out by this, if they go the a la 90s WWF route and then there's like grossness involved, which I'm not going to get into from Christian Cage, which I don't I was think waiting is going for to happen. It. But it's not I going to. I was waiting for it because I was trained by the Attitude Era. So there was a part of me that was like, oh, they're going to do it. Oh, no, they're going to do it in front no. of their son. Oh, no. it's going to happen. No. But it didn't. So we're good. But then we get another promo after this promo with Soraya and Ruby and Harley Cameron talking about what happened on Rampage the week before. And okay, like this was better than it had any right to be at bro, whatsoever. When she pulled out yeah. the knife on Rampage, that me and Adolfo were just cackling the entire time. We're like, this is stupid, but I'm here for this. And I think Soraya and Harley Cameron are plotting the murder of cool hand Angelo Parker. Like, I think that's what we're Probably. getting. We're planning his I, demise I, and I'm kind of here uh, for it. I love Ruby bringing up the fact, like, the last time we had a little unhinged blonde in the group, it, it didn't, didn't really work, work out, out too us. well. Different. She's a good like, crazy. Like, she's a different kind of crazy. She's the good kind of crazy. It's like, what? <laughs> I wasn't sure at first, like, how I would take Soraya's, like, turn, but she won me over when she cut that promo before Christmas on Rampage to uh, Angelo Parker. He was like, listen here, you little piece of ish. I was like, Ruby is my girl, and I will cut you if you hurt her. She is mine forever. And now we're literally plotting his downfall. It's so stupid, but I'm kind of here for it. It was a good way to break the tension and break everything else up. Remind us that that this can be funny. Uh, As we went from that to the match where we learned that you only need to do two moves the entire time, but do them well, and you will carry a match through to the best thing. Because this was 
the Knees and German Suplex Show as Kanosuke Takeshita took on Darby Allen with Don Callis at ringside. This is the closest we've ever gotten to a modern-day AEW match in the last year. So the shades of old school first couple of years AEW. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had so much fun watching this. Me too. And the, 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 the legit fear of, oh, I'm going to see a man die. Uh, <laughs> some of the yeah. things that were yeah. happening, like, wait, what? Uh, they worked really well together. There was no hint of language barrier or whatever. I don't know how they, if, if they had time beforehand or whatever else, they just flowed really, really well. That suplex down the ramp, that, that four or five in a row thing was just jaw-dropping to me. Uh, the height that Darby got off the rope when Takeshita threw for the arm drag, I think it was, or something like that, was just, I mean, scary, but graceful in a weird, creepy kind of way. Uh, I, I thought there was a botch on the knee, but I guess they just sold it that well. Darby jumps, does the dive, jumps into Takeshita on the knee, like that took my breath away. And probably Darby's. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. I loved that commentary, and even Don Callis was a step behind the whole time. Like, yeah. even at some point, Don Callis had to go, yeah, that Darby guy is really impressive. Like, yeah, you've won over the heel in this moment. I don't care if the wrestling internet chills. Oh, this is spot fest. I miss a good spot fest match. And for me personally, I'm still on the fence with this, but I'll make the decision now. I will say that this is probably my match of the night because it gave me why I fell in love with AEW to begin with in the first place all those years ago. It's just, just give me some fun stuff. Give me, that's what wrestling's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun. There was a lot of fun spots. I still worry about Darby going this extreme all the time in every single I match, do. even if it's on regular television. When we've talked about this, the internet community finds a way to not like something and uses buzzwords to not like something. They poo-poo all over fun. Like and it's sort of Anyways. Speaking of using words to their fullest extent, uh, we would then went backstage after the commercial and Kanosuke Takeshita cuts the most intense Japanese promo we have heard in quite yes! a long while. Let the Japanese wrestlers speak Japanese. It's beautiful. Yes, it just is. when go you let them. Yeah, when you let them speak in their native tongue, it's more intimidating and it's more comfortable for them too. The best selling of this was Don Callis bouncing around trying to translate what he could. Meanwhile, you see Kyle Fletcher understanding what Takeshi is saying, and Powerhouse Hobbs is completely lost. I love it. And it's hysterical <laughs> to look. Like. I love that. Well, of course, Kyle Fletcher knows what he's saying. I was like, New Japan, duh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Powerhouse Hobbs is like, yeah, I know. He's, he's saying some, I have no idea why I'm here. Uh, I can, I'm just going to listen and be Powerhouse Hobbs, which is just hysterical to watch. <laughs> and then Don Callis yep. chopping Powerhouse Hobbs <laughs> and then hurting his hand. That was, Ow! yes, I love it so much. Which, of course, then sets up a match. They're going back to Daly's place next week, which is, mm-hmm. I'm so ready to go back to revisit Stomping Grounds, pandemic era AEW where Sting and Darby are going to be going up against the Don Callis family. I'm interested to see what happens. It's a never-ending story. But we then move on to another amazing match. Uh, yes. A four-way to determine who will be taking on Eddie Kingston for his giant, you know, King Checker belt that he has there for the... I'm glad that we got the official name of the championship because I was wondering, I was like, they didn't even really... S- I don't remember what they called it, but it's the Continental Crown Championship. So this was an eliminator exactly. match. And so this was Brian Cage versus Brian Keith, the Bryans, versus Trent Beretta versus Vikingo. 
So you got your luchador in there, and it was just every style all at once, and all of them knew how to work each other up and yeah. down this ring. I, this had no business being this good. I think we can all kind of say that. Like, you look at this on paper and go, what madness is this? Uh, the, and you hope they get it right, like you said. Like, I hope they all know enough to work well with each other and protect each other and do what they need to do. I didn't take any notes because it was so much fun. <laughs> I was all in on it. The, the antidote to Taz is getting someone like Eddie in there who's just going to give him grief and give him all the shots. From the moment he said, I'm mad at you. You didn't invite me over for Christmas to have Gobble Ghoul. We're done. <laughs> and Taz doesn't know what to do. And then Eddie just shuts him down. The rest of the thing, everything he says is like, yeah, it's hard to read his face. He's got paint on it. Well, look at the groundbreaking journalism on that. Just busting him the whole time. They're both from New York, so that's like how they it's normally perfect. talk to each other. There are two wrestlers that I always want to hear on. Well, three wrestlers I always want to hear on commentary. Danielson, Eddie Kingston, Nyla Rose. And what's hard is because Eddie almost turned coach, right? You kind of yeah. hear Eddie start calling moves and calling shots. Look at that. And what's look at that. Yeah. Here's this, this thing. The, oh, full Eddie Nelson was book. all of us. He's a true fan of the business. Yeah. I love him he for called it. Out that, he called out that Danhausen was at ringside before <laughs> anyone saw him. And hey, then the Dan's over there, out. and then the camera cuts over. Yeah. I guess Which he's going to do that curse thing. Well, and that's the thing. This was a good spot to get the comedy interference in. Danhausen yeah. added to the match, which yeah. ended up influencing the end of it, which I was happy to see him there as well after getting thrown out of the damn ring by Trent yeah. at World's End. Vikingo did that beautiful butterfly twist Hurricane Rana thing. Mm -hmm. And I had to watch it twice because I was like, I don't even know how you did that. Like what, what, like the, it's, some of that stuff was just gorgeous and they he all worked super well. 26 years old. And I, and His I, body is 57. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I hope he's not broken, broken. I, I hope he it, finds a way to still keep this. And this felt pretty contained, though. It felt safe yeah. to me. I think you got. I wonder if someone got in his ear a little while ago and went, hey, we love you. Please don't die. No. You don't think so? No one has? No. No, he's working working with Brian Cage in a ring like that. And a couple other guys who are like, I'm going to take care of you the whole time because I know how to do that. And also trying to curse the bounty hunter, which is just hysterical. You can't curse the <laughs> bounty hunter. He's already dead. That's the only critique Dude. I have. No entrance music for Brian Keith, mm. which I'm wondering no, if it has to do with copyright purposes because it is an actual song by the rapper Mike Jones. And they got Probably. away with it on Ring of Honor because it's streaming, but this is syndicated television. And plus, yeah. the contents of the song are not necessarily the greatest. Sure. So at the end, like we talked about, Eddie standing up, and we have this exchange there. Between him and Trent. Really kind of setting up, here's, yeah, Trent, or like, here's what we're going to do, here's where we're going. I mean, having someone like Eddie there fixes things, you know? I am so ready for this match on Collision. I'm excited yeah. for it. We ended that up. We now know who Eddie's going to be taking on, and we go backstage again. Renee is just running her butt off tonight. We get another promo we think is going to be from Daddy Magic, Matt Menard. But no, Hangman Page appears and cuts a scathing promo to reignite his feud with somebody on this show, which we know is probably going to end up being in the main event. He wants to beat somebody up. He couldn't come out to go after the Devils, and Hangman Page is ready to do some cowboy stuff. 
I, uh, I'm going to give away the back. I'm going to give away the lead because I have a huge question about how this was done. Adam Page shows up, wants to fight the devils, and Adam Cole, and then shows up at the end of the night to just fight Swerve just for fun. Like, I get it, I guess. But you had an opportunity there to kind of get some more heat with the devils and Adam Cole and whatnot. You just kind of went, "Hey, Adam, go do something." I wonder if that was the original plan, but again, because you got so many people involved in that whole entire saga, because remember, they first attacked Jay, so he has he has a pick in for it. Yeah, and sure. And the acclaimed and, and, and then hang page. I get the Ish. feeling that, you know, we're gonna get a big old mix. We're probably gonna get the acclaimed boys, Jay and somebody versus the four people in the undisputed kingdom who can actually wrestle at the moment at some point. Meanwhile, Hangman and Swerve are about to go at it, which I'm not going to complain. <laughs> well, we have enough time between the last match and that I think they need a third. It'll be a lot of fun. Yep. So we have that promo cut quick, and then we cut to our main event of the evening, which was my match of the night, just because of not only the dance-off between Nana and Daniel, yes. and Daniel Garcia, <laughs> but the work these two put in to put each other over, and it, like Garcia yeah. wasn't bad in defeat. It was that it had one of the scariest spots of the night when Daniel uh, Garcia was trying to put Swerve in the Dragon Tamer on the table, and them trying to have to cover for the fact they fell off the table because it really doesn't work that well to put a submission on it on the oh table. My, I no. should not have laughed at that. Like I was genuinely like, "Oh, this is going to be cool," and then you could just kind of hear the mental. F word as you fall off the table. <laughs> yeah. And Taz is laughing. All of them are like, oh God, he's probably dead. Well, yes, th- this was this was my match of the night. Taz Taz going in with the crowd as the crowd chants the you effed up, you effed up. Taz goes, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. There- yes, I, this, yeah, it was it was amazing. And not not to take away from the match, it's just commentary was fascinating because they were just trying to drop random words in for this last thing of the night. Uh, Shivani had a had a nod to Jr's birthday, calling a slobber knocker. Excalibur used a word called fossiferous. Fossiferous? What a fossiferous! This is like, what? Are you just kind of? I feel like he's studying for the ACTs. <laughs> I know you're all doing just word. The, the crowd was very vociferous. The crowd would be when the dance <laughs> uh, off was happening. Yeah, doing just word of the day stuff. But besides that, these two were great together. Uh, I, I really like Daniel Garcia. I, I've enjoyed his work. I'm glad he's getting the push. I thought the ending was violent and kind of mm. s- scary to me. Scared, I mean, didn't break kayfabe scary, but it's enough like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, because well, we took saw- every. Yeah, it took everything. It took everything yeah. that Swerve had to get rid of Daniel Garcia. So I, th- I thought that was great. And then Swerve being a pro, like really getting Daniel Garcia over and, and leading to that. I I still I want to see Garcia win something at some point. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of seeing Garcia taking it all every time. And I get it. And I know they'll get him there. How old is he? Is he very old? He's young. He's young. He's in his 20s. I figured he's a checker is on the case. Like early twenties, or like he just he'll mid, look I seventeen for twenties. Yeah, I want to say he's like twenty six, but yeah, but yep. he's he's learned in the last year and a half how to work the crowd better because he had the technical background to do it, and now he's become the entertainer. Even like the the sudden cape that can be that yeah. crowd pleaser, and also stand up to the fact that Swerve as the heel is getting cheered as much as he is. He right. has enough backing behind him to do it. Yep, he's twenty five. I, I got a, there was a spot. I don't want to do the 
thing like one of our other co-hosts does, which is run the match while we're talking about it. But uh, <laughs> who could that? I be? love you. I love you, Minnie. I miss you. Hey, I haven't seen you. He did in great. So long. He watched Monday Night Raw not while we were recording the review. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I'm trying to find it. There was one spot in here that had me go, wow. And it's sort of, they knew the four or five moves in a row. And I I was just taken away by like, hey, they called the spot. And then it just went beautifully. And of course I can't find, oh, the uh, the suplexes. And these massive suplexes of them just turning each other over and then turning one into the bad and the thing and the thing and the thing off that rope. Like that was, to do that that late in the match when you're already exhausted, I thought that was really Badass. This was fun. This was great. A commentary didn't ruin it. Excalibur tried to tamp it down some. Fine. It's hard for me calling this match of the night after watching that Orange Cassidy one and Dante one. Like that was that was so clean and so much fun. But that's why this was this was. A, I'm very conflicted as we get to the as we come around the corner of the scores for the evening. I'm conflicted about this dynamite because there's a lot of pros here, but the cons are very heavy, the Tony cons, if you will, and kind of make it hard to gauge on the empanada scale. Mikey, thoughts on this before we get to the hangman interference at the end? This match was a lot of fun. The dance off was great. I need more of it. Put it on YouTube. Put put something on there. It, it's amazing. I agree. I would like to see Daniel Garcia win more, but given the fact that he pretty much won it for his team at World's End, I think speaks a lot of values of how much stock he has in AEW right now. And I honestly think, and I'm hoping that the Tony Khan watches this and follows my line of thinking, I think AEW is ready to start pushing a lot of the younger stars up into the contention for a lot of these championships because... I love all the champions we have right now, and the acclaimed are the perfect examples of young champions being able to do really cool things when you actually let them defend the titles. But I think the younger talent, I think, is ready to start being showcased and put in more because I love Joe, I love Christian, I love Adam Copeland, but I don't want to start seeing the problem as other companies have where you have your older legend stars overshadow the younger ones. I think the only person that is doing a good job of not overshadowing their protege is Sting and Darby, really. And he's leaving soon, so yeah, yeah that's always going out of the way. Out of the way out of here, right? Right. So we thought it was over. The, the match was won. Swerve picked up the win, and then Hangman comes out to address the Swerve issue, and they start fighting because yes, they picked up right where they left off. Left. They did. I don't know where this is going to go. I think it's fine. I, I like I, it's a little misplaced because Hangman shows up and goes, "I want Adam Cole and the Devils," and then goes, "Eh, Swerve's good too," and then goes for Swerve anyway. He also defended uh, defended Daniel Garcia after getting kicked in the balls by Nana because he was yeah. in shoot Swerve, and then everything else. So, and again, I, I I mean, those two are now titans who will fight on the mountaintops forever. But I you think know. Hangman is a good you know foil for swerve as we saw in their lead up to the texas death match at full gear and plus and i hate to say this but hangman page is like one of the few people outside of other members of aew that doesn't mind losing and putting over a person yeah. like hangman is one of the few people i never hear about complaining about putting over younger newer talent or even like non-established in the major 
Steen's talons. Hangman's a good person to have, and he's also a very safe worker, too. I... Yeah. Listen, I am not going to complain if we have Hangman and Swerve 3, and honestly, I think this is a good feud to keep both of them busy while we deal with whatever's going on with Jay White and, you know, Adam Cole and all that. Well, so we had a great episode of Dynamite here, folks. We had an amazing time going through it. And as you said, uh, Professor, there were some pros and some cons. Let's take those all into effect and use our empanada rating system. Professor, Mikey, give me your rating of the Dynamite we had. So I'm I'm going to take a little bit from your lead like we've done over the last few months. This should be in the nines for me. It's not because the women got screwed. Uh, They didn't set them up to succeed. They gave them six minutes. They put a promo right after it. Revealing a new star should have been huge. Like that fell flat and it shouldn't have. And you did them dirty. You should have given them more time. I'm also taking some away because you you should not have 26 minutes of promos, a match, and then 15 minutes of promos, and then a match. And then five minutes of promos, and then almost a match. Like you, you kind of you messed with the whole format for some reason, and all the performers delivered beautifully. Like none of these matches, and the women's match we talked about, but none of these matches were off or bad. Like they were all really, really good. And we said this before we went on. Some of these matches I preferred to what was at World's End because they were just better storytelling there was more heart in it and, and they seemed like they cared whereas world's end there was some matches that were like i've been waiting backstage for four hours oh okay let's go do that thing we talked about that's just me so th- this should should be in the nines to me it's in the mid to low eights for that reason mikey Ooh, this one's tough i'm actually gonna go i'm gonna give this like a solid I'm gonna give this a solid seven out of ten for me. I think there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of issues I had with this dynamite. Once again, I feel that if you just spread the matches and the promos out evenly amongst the whole entire two hours, I think it would feel not as bad. Like that was my biggest critique from last night's review with NXT because the first hour was great because everything was spread out perfectly. And then you had like a buttload of promos within like 20 minutes before the next match. I also want more women's stuff. Like, I love the. What really saved the Dion. What what saved Mariah May and Queen, because the match itself was not great, at least on Mariah's part, but that's not her fault. Tony, give her an opponent she can work the same style as. But I feel like Deanna's introduction into AEW is probably what saved it for me just because I'm a big Deanna fan but yeah seven out of ten wrestling as always is pretty good I enjoyed it even my nitpicks with Queen and Mariah I still enjoyed some of the stuff they did but we gotta balance out everything and give the women more time please like come on now that's what we need I'm going for a seven and a half that is with the reduction because of one women's match one women's promo and that's about it it's just where it was, you know, good, good match quality, decent promo quality, and bad promo quality all at the same time. So we have come to the end of the Dynamite review. I have had a blast with you, gentlemen, being here in the first of 2024. We have really cleaned house on this. Shall we do it again next week? You think? Join everyone here. 
I mean, we're supposed to. Yeah, we should. Yeah. All right. Let's schedule that then. We'll, we'll do that there. Yeah, we'll, we'll join you next week to go over Dynamite again. You can also see all of us on other reviews here on the BC WrestlePod channel. We review pretty much every kind of fed out there except for NJPW right now, but we will be reviewing the Wrestle Kingdom 18 uh, show that's going on literally right now. And tomorrow.